honored to be with you. Pastor Sam and Pastor Kathy are two of the most amazing, anointed, gifted, favored, blessed people on the planet. If you believe that, give it up, please. Now, rumors have it, and it could be, you know, fake news, I don't know, but rumors have it that this is like the most epic conference where radical people who are committed to Jesus gather, lift up the name of Jesus, shift the atmosphere, and then subsequently you leave the conference, and not just with emotional exuberance, but you leave the conference with an anointing to change the world. If you are a world changer, fully committed to transforming the atmosphere in the name of Jesus, find the best shout you've given him this year and give God. Hey, 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 hey. Again, Pastor Sam, Pastor Kathy, thank you so much. And I just want to get right into the word. And, and we're going to live up to the, well, you'll see for a second here. The, 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 the suddenly theme, George is my assistant. He's going to help me make this happen. The suddenly theme, I looked in, in passages in scripture that have the word suddenly or a, either a Hebrew or a Greek word synonymous with. And there's an interesting passage that emerges out of John chapter 5. Before we continue, touch the neighbor you like the most and tell that neighbor there's a word only the one you like the most. And tell that neighbor, there's a word from heaven with your name on it. Now tell your other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate. Tell that neighbor, there's a word from heaven with your name on it. All right, I want to give you the word. Here it is. Here's a, here's a suddenly, but it's an awkward suddenly. It, it's an instantly, and it happened like this. Here it is. John chapter 5. It says the following, afterward Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord would come down from time to time and stir up the water. The first person to step in would receive healing. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. That's you, George. Go ahead. Lie down. Do your thing. That's a yoga mat, George. So don't, you, don't do yoga in the midst of the sermon. That's just going to be awkward. He'd be lying there for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time and asked him the following, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Verse 9, here it comes. Here's the theme. Suddenly, instantly, immediately, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle, but this miracle, conjunction, junction, what's your function? But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So in the next few minutes, here's the title of the sermon. But it happened on the Sabbath when God makes it happen suddenly when it's not even supposed to happen at all. That's the crazy subtitle. The second subtitle would be, I am next. I'm next. 
In my church, we have a multi-ethnic church, and it's pretty wild. Just cater to me. I'm just a crazy guy from California. Touch your neighbor. Tell him, I'm next. Now, you got to believe that like you're saying it really, like you're really like prophetically declaring it. Tell your other neighbor, tell him, I'm next. High five two people away from you. Tell them, I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. What about if Equippers is next to transform the world with the gospel of Jesus and to usher in an outpouring of the Spirit? I'm next. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to expedite the process here. One of the most phenomenal, picturesque stories in all of Scripture. I mean, it should be likewise, just like I alluded to on Sunday, this should be a movie somewhere. Because it's the story of paralysis around the pool of Bethesda. There's a pool, and around the pool were a bunch of lame and paralyzed individuals. And every so often, heaven would touch earth and stir up the water. And the first individual to go into the water or to, get, to be somehow connected to the water would receive healing of their corresponding illness or disease. So there was a heavenly construct already in place. This man stated explicitly that every single time he believed it was his turn, he would miss his turn. In the seventh verse, he articulates clearly why. He says the following, I don't have anyone there to take me into the water. I'm depending on someone else. And every single time I think it's my turn, I miss it because there's no one there to take me into the water. He misses his turn. It's all an issue of dependency. He depended on others for his breakthrough. He depended on others for his healing. He depended on others for his miracle. When you depend on others more than you depend on God, you will never see the fullness of what God has for your life. When you depend on others more than you depend on God, perpetual paralysis will define you. It's a matter of dependency, folk. Today, people are paralyzed because they're dependent on something else. We depend on others to make us happy. We depend on others to make us complete. We depend on others for our breakthroughs, we, respectfully. We depend on government, media, culture, and society to teach our children what is right and what is wrong. It's time for a shift. It really is. Your destiny cannot be in someone else's hand. Your future cannot be in someone else's hand. Your family cannot be in someone else's hand. Your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children cannot be in someone else's hand. Your destiny, your future, and let me just speak prophetically. In the name of Jesus, if you're in this conference, your family, your future, your children, and your children's children are will be only in the hands of the one who said in John 10, 28, no one will be able to snatch you away from my hand. It's time to depend on God alone, Psalm 62, verse 5. But if you're taking any notes, it begins with the following truth. But on the Sabbath, suddenly, Jesus brings an end to generational paralysis. Suddenly. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch waiting for a certain movement of the water, and the condition is paralysis. And here's, here's maybe an epiphany. We have all been paralyzed, each and every one of us. Not physically, possibly, but spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally. Every single person here, we have all suffered paralysis. Maybe you're here right now listening. And there's a lack of mobility, of action, of movement. Paralyzed integrity, 
paralyzed faith, paralyzed dreams, paralyzed destiny, paralyzed ministries, paralyzed anointings, paralyzed callings, paralyzed giftings. Paralyzed by what, you may ask? Paralyzed by sin. Sin paralyzes. Paralyzed by failure, by fear, by the past, by shame, by religious condemnation, by self-pity, by a victimization mentality, by poverty, erroneous thoughts, abuse, broken relationships, unforgiveness, and unbelief. Paralyzed by others' opinions of us, what others say about us, by the constant need to be affirmed or validated. I stated this yesterday for the leadership. Paralyzed, all the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat people. Paralyzed by like, 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 like. I want to remind you, you are not defined by the likes of many. You are defined by the love of one. Paralyzed by fear, a fear of windows of what we see in the outside world, a fear of mirrors of what we see within ourselves. At a corporate level, just like this man, we stand privy to the fact there is a generation around the world paralyzed by cultural decadence and spiritual apathy and violence and corruption and darkness and hatred and bigotry, intolerance, perversion, death, chaos and anarchy. Paralyzed by moral relativism. Paralyzed by ambiguity, by fluidity of truth or the lack of absolutes or truth. Paralyzed. The world right now is paralyzed because it's confused about what is truth. I, I did something very silly some years back, and it wasn't the first time I did something silly. And it won't be the last, but it, I'm, because of what I do, by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, God has placed me in a place where I have an eclectic following. And because of the different, yeah, it's a complicated story, but I have an eclectic following. So we have, we, I, I pastor a church, but I'm involved in advising certain people that live in a certain place in Washington. And, and we also do like movies in Hollywood and produce. And so we have an eclectic following. But it was Thanksgiving in America, November, and I decided to do something very, con and it wasn't intentional. I was just very, it was Thanksgiving, so I was thankful. So I went on my Facebook public page, and I, 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 I posted something so controversial, so inappropriate, so incorrect, so politically incorrect, so myopic, so bigoted, that, oh boy, what was wrong with me? I just wanted to be thankful. So silly me, on my Facebook page, I posted the following. Jesus is the only way. How terrible. How dare I? In a world of relativism and ambiguity, that, that statement right there is so politically incorrect. But I did it not for the purpose of being confrontational or controversial. I did it for the purpose of just being thankful to God and expressing that thanks, being the conduit of sharing the most powerful truth. So all I did was Jesus. Well, the, the pushback was egregious. Never in my life was I pushed back like that moment on my social media platform. It is your way of thinking that's destroying the world. You, one of them almost prophesied and said, you and everyone who believes like you should one day disappear. <laughs> Your kind of people are harmful. And I went, wow, Puerto Ricans. I mean, I got, it was just, it was just so, so many things. 
And they began, it was funny in the beginning. So in the beginning, my social media team contacted me and went like, Pastor, ha, 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 you're posting. We didn't, never thought, and here it is. And they were laughing. Then it got laughing. Then it got personal. And then, like, we're coming after you, and, and we're doing this. And then they mentioned my family by name. And then my wife said, let's call the FBI. This is getting personal. And, and then, then somebody flipped it. People then direct messaged me. And, and some of the messages were the opposite of harassment, of we're coming after you. And they would say, Hike, we can't believe presidents listen to you when you believe that crazy stuff. And then, then somebody flipped it, like the enemy is just brilliant. He turned around, direct message, and it's, hey, Pastor Sam, if you stop saying this Jesus stuff, more doors will open up in your favor. In the matter of fact, there are television opportunities waiting for you on certain news outlets as a daily contributor that will, are, are guaranteed if you stop saying this Jesus thing. So here's the problem is the world is paralyzed. It's paralyzed by relativism and a lack of clear truth. And, and my, my anointing by the grace of God is to, by, by the spirit of God, declare the sovereignty of the risen Christ. So paralysis, where's the cameraman? Cameraman, give me your tightest shot. Is this your tightest shot? Uh-huh. That's it right there. Beautiful. It captures, <laughs> captures the mold, the sweat, the little snot, everything. Brilliant. Well, here we are, Auckland, New Zealand, because paralysis has we have paralysis will come to an end in this generation. How do we know that? Because the shout conference is it's part of your disclaimer. If you're part of this conference, you are committed to bringing an end to generational paralysis in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, you're not here for a kumbaya ceremony. You're not here to be entertained. You're not here to be inspired. You're not here to be moved. You are here to receive a prophetic impartation and anointing that will catapult you to bring an end to paralysis in your respective re So cameraman, are you ready? Just in case I stuttered, and we say this with love, no hatred, no anger, quite the, quite the contrary, with grace and love, but we're compelled to, it's the only way to bring an end to the paralysis around the world. We see it every day on the BBC, on Sky News, on CNN, on Fox News, it's everywhere. And this is the answer to paralysis, it's not even political, this is the answer. Ready? All right, cameraman, we're good. Here we go, we're tight, ready? Okay, just in case I stuttered. There are not five ways to heaven. There are not four ways to heaven. There are not three ways to heaven. There are not two ways to heaven. There's only one way to be saved. Only one way to be saved. Only one way for eternal life. Only one way for abundant life. Only one way to avoid eternal condemnation. And that way has a name. And it's not just any name. It is the name above every other name. It is the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It is the name of Jesus. If you believe that, open up your mouth and give God your best shout of praise. That's the name that brings, that's the name that brings an end to paralysis. It's just, are there any questions? So it's, it was on the Sabbath, but on the Sabbath, not only does God bring an end to generational paralysis, God makes you next. He said, Someone else gets there ahead of me. Jesus shows up. 
and he made him next. How many times did he miss his turn? 38 years paralyzed, and we can't make things up. We're not privy to how long he was by the pool. We know he was paralyzed, but he missed his turns. He missed his turn on multiple occasions because, oh, boy, he missed his turn. If you've missed your turn at least one time in your life where there was, you know, by missing your turn, there was a, there was a turn, an opportunity, and somehow you missed it. If you've missed at least one turn in your life where you missed it, raise one hand. You've missed a couple of significant turns in your life. Raise both hands. You've missed so many turns, you've missed, you lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If you've missed so many turns that if I Google your name, automatically the iPhone says rerouting. Well, this is for someone here, and if it's not for you, don't take it. If it is for you, there's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. So, there is. And I've been in the presence of both. So with a strong commitment to biblical orthodoxy and the centrality of Christ, I'm going to tell you what the Spirit of God told me to tell you with fear and trembling. If, if this is for you who have missed your turn. If, here's a word that God gave me. If you've been waiting for your turn, praying for your turn, fasting for your turn, if you've been through hell for your turn, if you fought off devils, demons, principalities, powers of darkness, people, and even yourself for your turn, and, and it, like, like this man, you've been asking, when will I ever be next? Jesus shows up and made him next. So I'm here to tell you what God told me to tell you with fear and trembling. If it's for you, you take it. If it's not, you pass to be, pass it on. But if you've been waiting for your turn, fighting for your turn, crying, if you've been through a process for your turn, if you almost gave up but you didn't give up, by the grace of God alone, that I have news for you. I put a smile on your face and possibly put some praise on your lip because believe it or not, you are next. Isaiah 14, 27 says what God has purpose, who can stop it? Isaiah 60, 22, at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And so I dare you to believe with me now. At one time, I received this word. And when I finally received that I was, that it was not rhetorical hyperbole. It was not rhetorical prophetic hyperbole. It was the word of the living God. When you believe that you are next, my God, you become next. So what does that mean? It means that you are next to see your entire family saved in the name of Jesus. You are next to reap an unprecedented harvest. You are next to partake of an awakening in your nation. You are next to witness an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You are next for the breakthrough, next for the overflow, next for healing, next for the harvest. You are next. You are next to see your city transformed by the power of Jesus. You are next to see your generation touched by the power of Christ. If you believe that you're next, raise one hand. If you believe that you're truly next, raise both hands. If you believe that you're ready to be next, raise both hands and a foot. And if you're really, 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 really ready to be next, praise like you're next. Dance like you're next. Rejoice. Somebody should shout like you're next. Worship like you're next. You are next to experience the end of generational paralysis. But on the Sabbath, Suddenly, God confronts your present, speaks into your future, while demanding that you let go of your past. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked the man, would you like to get well? This is one of the craziest conversations you could ever see in Scripture. Jesus asked the man, would you, do you, by the way, all the pastors, you go back, do the biblical exegete on the passage. It's not just do you, do you want to get well. In the Greek, do you want what I have for you? Wow. His response 
It's grammatically incorrect, intellectually deficient. It makes zero sense. Because if I ask you, do you want, the response should be either yes or no. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want what I have for you? He says, I can't. No, this is, you missed it. Do you want what I have for you? I can't. That's not, I never asked you if you could. I, obviously, you can't. If you could, you wouldn't be there in the first place. You're not only physically paralyzed, you're spiritually, emotionally, mentally, your thinking process is paralyzed. Whatever vestige of faith you may have is paralyzed. Obviously, you can't. The problem is that you're full of yourself. It's all about you, about your ability, about what you can and cannot do. That's called narcissism. It's about you. It's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's about my anointing. It's... it's it's not about your potential. It's about my power. Get over yourself. This is beyond you. It's not just you. It's not you. I'm here to speak to someone who's paralyzed right now. Believe it or not, it's not about your limitations. It's about the grace of God over your life and the power of Jesus in you and through you. I can't. Yeah, I know you can't. And then Jesus does the following. He says, I can't. Jesus does this. Please read it. Make sure I'm not making this up. Jesus looks at him and says, this is crazy because I'm not here to change your circumstances. I'm here to change you in front of your circumstances. You're looking for a touch and I'm looking for transformation. So Jesus looks at him and says, he says, I can't. This is the response from Jesus. Stand up. Now don't do it yet. But Jesus tells him, stand up, stop for a second, break. How did Jesus respond to what he said? He said, I can't. What did Jesus say? Stand up. What did Jesus do with what he said? Anyone know? He ignored it. He totally blew him off. Like, he said, I can't. Jesus could have said, deuces, I'm out. It's all you, buddy. Jesus looked at him, and not even at him. I'm going to show you in the Greek what Jesus did. Jesus said, stand up, but he wasn't speaking to the man who said, I can't. He spoke to his purpose inside that man. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning, 3.18 in the morning. But by the way, Jesus ignored him, ignored the foolishness that came out of his mouth. I don't know about you. I may be the only one here. I am grateful for every single time God ignored the stupid stuff that came out of my mouth. Am I the only one? Every time you said, I can't, every time you say, I quit, every time you said, I'm looking back, every time you said, I can't handle it anymore, every single, aren't you grateful God said, I'm going to act like you never said that. I'm just going to, I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to anoint you. I'm still going to work in you. I'm still going to be over you. So then Jesus looks at the man and tells him, stand up. Now this is, this is standing up. It's telling him to do what he could not do before. An authentic encounter with the presence and the power of Jesus will enable you to do what you could not do before. Paralysis comes to an end when you permit Jesus not just to speak to your circumstances and the superficial, when you grant him access to his purpose in your life. So if you do the Greek, 
Jesus tells him, stand up with an exclamation point. But he's not speaking to the man who said, I can't. He spoke to destiny in that man. He spoke to purpose in that man. In other words, this is going to sound counterintuitive to some. I don't really give a holy hood what you think right now. I'm, you're going to stand up whether you like it or not. Because I have purpose for your life. I have destiny for your life. So your mouth says, I can't. But I'm not speaking to your brain, cognitive function, and your vocal cords, and your articulation. I'm going to speak to purpose inside of you. I'm going to speak to the soul, the, the flesh that was breathed in inside of you. So I'm going to bypass the foolishness and I'm going to speak to the inner man. And to you I say stand up. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen now in a few seconds. George, I'm going to tell you to stand up. When you stand up, it is an illustration with prophetic implications. When you stand up, I'm going to tell you what I'm believing for and what people are fasting right now for. The moment you stand up, Every vestige of paralysis will come to an end right here, right now, for the rest. When George, when you stand up, wherever there's paralysis, not just here in this conference or those streaming, wherever there's paralysis in your home, in your city, wherever there's paralysis in your loved ones, paralysis will come to an end right here, right now. That's not, that's not a crazy declaration. It is biblically substantiated. It is full of the glory of Christ and backed up by the signature of the Holy Spirit. I believe the moment you get up, every vestige of paralysis, your dreams will not be paralyzed ever again. Your vision will not be paralyzed ever again. Your resources and your harvest will never be paralyzed again. So when I say stand up, you're standing up for a nation, no way beyond the nations. You're standing up for generations. You're standing up and we're declaring that we will never be paralyzed again in the name of Jesus. All right. Oh. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work for his good, good, good pleasure. Oh. God wants to move in you. He wants to move with you. And he wants to move through you. Oh, boy. Here it is. Raise your right hand. What God's about to do next in your life will break the rules of expectations, the norms of conformity, and bypass the usual. I want you to hear this. God doesn't want to renovate your past. He wants to release your future. So I want you to get ready because you're about to, you were about to do what you could not do before. You're about to see something new. You're about your, your family, your church, your ministry, your anointing. You were about to see what you could not see before. You were about to achieve what you could not achieve before. You were about to accomplish what you could not accomplish before. You were about to occupy what you could not occupy before. This is for someone here. You're about to occupy the very area hell has fought to keep you out of. You and your family and your ministry will conquer what you could not conquer before. You're about to stand up. Ezekiel 2.1 says, stand up and I will speak to you. Acts 2.14, Peter stood up and God spoke through him. So George, are you ready to stand up? You're going to stand up. He told them, stand up, stand up. And that just one word and instantly, suddenly, that man stood up. There is a suddenly coming our way that will bring an end to generational paralysis. There is a suddenly coming our way that will bring an end to the paralysis in churches and in ministries and in cities and in communities and in regions. There is a suddenly coming our way and it goes beyond the system. It goes beyond the rhetoric. It goes beyond the noise. There's a suddenly from heaven coming our way. 
So George, when I count to three, I want you to stand up. And I believe that for our children, by the, by the way, I'm believing, not only will we stand up, but I'm believing our children and our children's children and our children's 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 children will never be paralyzed in the... One, two, right here, right here, paralysis right here, our thinking process, paralysis right here. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, by the way. There was already a heavenly construct in place. An angel would come down and serve the waters on occasion. Does anyone have any questions of why Jesus didn't like do the following? I'm Jesus and the angels work for me. So I'm gonna make the angel come down right now. Angel, come down. Never happened. How about this? I don't need the angel, I'm Jesus. Rumors have it, I have a relationship with water. Ask the people from Napa, I could convert water into wine or I walk on water, just me and water, we have this thing going on. So I'm gonna just touch the water, it'll bubble up and, I'm, and you're gonna go in. Never happened. He could have been like really epically cool about it and said, I'm, I'm gonna illustrate something that'll demonstrate servant leadership for centuries to come. I am going to pick you up myself and put you into the water. Never did it. There was already a system in place and he bypassed a system and he created a new way. Don't get so fixated about the system. Don't be so obsessed about the system. Don't be so fascinated with the structure. When God shows up, he says, I'll do something new. Isaiah 43, 19, I'll make something new just for you. I will do it just for you. So are you ready? By the way, I'm speaking to the pastors right now. Get ready for God to bypass the old systems and bypass the old bureaucracy and bypass the old way of doing things. No, I really mean it. Forget the old way, that's cute. The wine will always be the same, but the wineskin is forever evolving. And God, I, there, there's a generation that's gonna be reached through the gospel via the conduit of a new wineskin. Same old wine, but through a new wineskin. So don't be obsessed with the system because when Jesus shows up, even if it was heavenly before, he says, I'll do something new. George, get ready to stand up. We're never gonna be paralyzed again. One, two, you're never gonna be paralyzed by depression after tonight. You're never gonna be paralyzed by anxiety after tonight. You're never gonna be paralyzed by the hell you went through after tonight. Your past will never paralyze you again. Your shame will never paralyze you again. There's not a devil in hell or a power on earth that can paralyze you when God tells you to stand up. Ready? One, two, three, stand up. 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 Stand. Shout. Stand up. Raise your right hand, repeat after me. My faith will never be paralyzed again. Say it like you believe it. Say, my family will never be paralyzed again. My favor will never be paralyzed again. 
raise both hands and say, my children and my children's children will never be paralyzed. As for me and my house, we are standing up never again to be paralyzed. If you really, do you realize what just happened? You, you're just a, you have no, you have no, my goodness, never, by, by the time you get home after this conference, wherever there was paralysis before the conference, there will be mobility and action and growth. There will be interaction and love and transactions of grace and gift and glory and mercy. There will be love, joy, peace, patience, meekness, goodness, gentleness, temperance, mercy, faith. Stand up, stand up, stand up. All right, we're done, we're done, we're done, we're done. So Jesus, so Jesus walked away and just said goodbye. No, he didn't. Jesus looked at him and this is the part we all mess, we, many of us mess up on. Jesus looked at him and said, now that you're up, I'm not done with you yet, sunshine. Pick up your mat. This is equally as important as standing up. Why did he pick up the mat? Pick up your mat. Just put it over your back like that. Pick up your mat. Why? Why? If he would have left his mat back, there would have been an expectancy that one day he could go back to that place. You missed it. When you pick up your mat, do you realize what you're saying? I don't live there anymore. I don't live there anymore. Tell your neighbor, pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. I don't live there anymore. 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 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. Philippians 3.13, forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I don't live there anymore. Now, you really got to believe that. And again, you, it's not just declarations that come without any substantive anointing. Or it is a prophetic decree that is validated by the Spirit of God, signing, co-signing the declaration. Raise your right hand, repeat after me, say, I don't live there anymore. Say this with me, I don't live in depression anymore. I don't live in failure anymore. I don't live in brokenness anymore. I don't live in sin anymore. I don't live in anxiety anymore. I don't live in strife anymore. I don't live in chaos anymore. And with your right hand, look at your neighbor and tell him, how can you be certain? Now smile and tell him, the blood of Jesus says, I don't live there anymore. The Spirit of God says, I don't live there anymore. The Word of God says, I don't live there anymore. Pick up your stand with me. Oh, you are standing. And this is, this is why we praise the way we praise. So it's not, you all praise like that because you're so like the charismatic people, you're the spirit-empowered people, old school, you're the Pentecost. Stop it! No, it can go beyond that, no! The reason why we call this conference shout and we praise the way we praise has nothing to do with 
the color of your skin, your ethnicity, your social economic background. It has nothing to do with, oh, no, 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 no. The, the reason why, it, if you were paralyzed and God gave you a word and you stood up and you picked up your mat, we all have, that, that, that this is your testimony. That I, what bothers me in church, maybe I won't get invited, Pastor Sam, back, but, but I'm going to say it. What, the problem with certain church environments is that people hide the mat and they act like they've never been through anything. And they act like they were born perfectly holy. They act like if they've never made any mistakes. As a matter of fact, they're so holy that when we sing how great thou art, they begin to blush. But some of us have been through a process. And some of us have a testimony. And that's why we praise the way we praise. And we worship the way we worship. I'm gonna run. Matter of fact, I discovered long ago that the reason why some of us praise the way we praise is a mathematical equation. I found out that the size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. You missed it. I'm gonna say that one more time. The size of your praise is directly proportional to the magnitude of the hell that God took you out of. If God took you out of a little hell, then you give him a little praise. But if he saved you, if he delivered you, if he healed you, if he turned you around, if he placed your feet on solid ground, then you give God the highest. We're done. We're done, we're done, we're done. So he take your man. And then he told him, then he told him, start walking. Start doing what you couldn't do before, man. Start walking with your mat, with your testimony. Woo! Walk. The pastors that were in our leadership yesterday, raise your hand, pastors. I shared with the group of pastors that you need to learn how to do this because you're not waiting for us suddenly. Stop saying that. You can't wait for a suddenly. If it's a suddenly, you really can't wait for it. There's cognitive dissonance in that expression. There's a suddenly waiting for you. And I'll prove it. I shared it with the pastors. When you go to the mall, you never have to turn the knob in the big commercial malls. You approach a certain place in front of the mall, and the, the sensor reads you, and the, suddenly the doors open up in your favor. You never have to touch anything. Matter of fact, the door seems closed. You, you could be here, and if you're over there, the door is closed. It's still closed, it's still closed, it's still closed, it's still closed. But the moment you get to a certain spot, the doors open up in your favor. As long as you walk. As long as you walk by faith and not by sight, I'm here to tell you, there are, I'm here to tell you, keep walking. Walk with your mat. The doors are about to open up in your favor. Just keep walking. Second Corinthians 5, step what? Walk by faith, not by sight. Walk, 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 walk. I'm telling you, walk by faith. Walk, walk. In spite of what you've been through, walk. We're done. So he walked. So he walked. So he walked, and God is telling you to walk. Stand up, pick up your mat, walk. Because suddenly, and then all of a sudden, this happens. The religious Pharisaic establishment confronts the man. 
and, and this, is what, this is what took place. Read it. This is a movie, man. The Pharisees. Whoa! Matter of fact, it's not like it wasn't. It, it, it was plastic. It was all. It went viral. They had pictures of him on Instagram. So people knew. But the Pharisee could have said this, dude, because he's from California. Dude, you're walking. Oh my God, you're walking. Never said that. He focused on the mat and said, oh, 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 hey, you can't be carrying that on the Sabbath. Uh-uh. Can't, uh-uh. That's what, that's what, that's what the whole, because religious people always get upset when God uses those they deem unqualified. I'm gonna drop the mic and let you go. One of the greatest answers in all of scripture takes place right now. The man asked him, who gives you the right, read it, who gives you the right to carry what you're carrying? One of the epic answers of all time. The man looks at him and says, you're asking me who gives me the right? The one who healed me gives me the rights. No, Auckland, you missed it. When they ask you, who gives you the right to preach what you preach? Who gives you the right to praise the way you praise? Who gives you the right to worship the way you worship? Who gives you the right to teach your children what you teach your children about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, about salvation only through Christ? Who gives you the right? Tell them, who gives me the right? The one who saved me, the one who delivered me, the one who healed me, the one who baptized me, the one who changed me. He gives me the right. He gives me the right. He gives you the right. Lift up your hands. So walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. Galatians 5, 16. Your testimony will be your answer to your critics. Your testimony is proof that the devil is a liar. Do not let the critics define what you can and cannot carry. If their praise did not make you, their criticism cannot break you. <sighs> what God has placed on you is greater than what anything hell can place in front of you. Instantly, suddenly, the man was healed, it says. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. It happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. It means that God will do it when people say he's not supposed to do it. Raise your hand. God will do it suddenly when hell says he's not supposed to do it. God will do it suddenly when your flesh says he's not supposed to do it. God will do it suddenly when your circumstance says he's not supposed to do it. God will do it suddenly when your past says he's not supposed to do it. He'll do it on the Sabbath. He'll do it in the midst of the storm. He'll do it in the fiery furnace. He's so good and powerful just like he did with Lazarus. He'll do it even after it's been declared dead. Our God is not limited by the Sabbath. What God's about to do next in your life will anger hell, upset the Pharisees, and give you a testimony that will change your life. 
If you believe that, give God one more shout of praise. With your hands raised and your eyes closed, I'm here to tell you it's going to happen when culture and society and politics say it's not supposed to happen. We are about to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God, an awakening around the world like we have never seen before. We are about to see more people come to the reality of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior than ever before in history. We are about to see an entire generation rise up with the Spirit of God, courageous, with love, truth, and grace, declaring the sovereignty of the risen Christ. We're about to change the world. We were about to go into cities and we're about to see signs and wonders and miracles like never before. We're about to see the book of Acts come back to life. We are about to see a touch from heaven. We are about to see a powerful church rise up. Not a weird church, but a wired church. Yeah. We're about to engage the culture. We're about to reform the culture. We are about to influence the world and not the other way around with your hands raised. If you say, Pastor Samuel, this message is 179.3% for me. There have been vestiges of paralysis. There have been things in my life that have not been moving. I get, I get it now. Could be because of fear, my past, shame, that victimization mentality. It could be an, a mistake, an error. It could be a sinful indiscretion. It could be actions, interactions, and reactions that don't line up with God's purpose, His will, or His word. You say, it could be by others' actions or even your own, self-inflicted. Regardless, you're saying, Pastor Sam, today I will never be paralyzed again. God told me to stand up. He spoke to his destiny inside of me. He spoke to his purpose. If that's you, if you say, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, today I'm not only standing up, I'm picking up my mat and I'm walking. And I'm going to keep on walking and those doors that are closed right now, they will open up in the name of Jesus. I'm walking. And I'm walking with my testimony. And I, because God has given me the right to carry what I carry. So if that's you, when I count to three, I want you to come out of your seats. And I'm going to pray for you for a minute. That's it. I'm just going to show you. We're going to, we're going to illustrate it. And I'm going to let you go. If you say, yep. And by the time you get home, wherever there is paralysis, there will be action and mobility and growth and grace and favor. So if this is for you, if it's not for you, stay where you're at. But if this is 179.32% for you, when I count the three, come out of your seat, start walking. I would recommend you to, you know, actually jog if you can. One, two, three, if it's for you, come out of your seat right now. Come out quickly. Start walking. Start walking. But it happened on the Sabbath. Suddenly, it happened. It happened on the Sabbath. It happened when it wasn't supposed to happen. But it happened suddenly. It happened instantly. It happened immediately. Come, 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 come. Every vestige of paralysis, every vestige of paralysis is coming to an end right here, right now. So come in the name of Jesus. Your family will not be paralyzed again. Your ministry will not be paralyzed again. Your calling, your anointing, your dream, your destiny, your favor will never be paralyzed again. Your finances, your resources, your harvest will never be paralyzed again. Come in the name of Jesus. 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 Go! 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 Come in the name of Jesus. Yes! Yes! 
paralysis are officially over. In Jesus' name, your days of paralysis are officially over. You will never, by the grace-filled work of Christ, you will never be paralyzed again. Your faith, your favor, your family, your destiny, your calling, your anointing, God's purpose in your life will never be paralyzed again. With your hands raised, never again will love be paralyzed in you. Never again will joy or peace or patience or meekness or goodness or gentleness or temperance or mercy or faith be paralyzed ever in your life. Every single day of your life you will be pursuing righteousness. You will be walking led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Walking by faith, not by sight. With your met to provoke the question, who gives you the right to carry what you carry? Who gives you the right to live the way you live and always be? Who gives you the right to have that perpetual smile on your face? Who gives you the right to praise God even in the midst of your most difficult circumstances? Who gives you the right? to believe God for the miracle? Who gives you the right to decree and declare the word of the Lord? Who gives you the right to prophesy? The one who saved you, delivered you, and healed you. Raise your hand, repeat after me. I received this word. Today, paralysis comes to an end. Not for a conference, not for a season, but for the rest of my life. This is my suddenly Today I stand up, I pick up my mats, because I don't live there anymore, and I start walking. I will pursue righteousness. I will walk in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, led by the grace of God, the truth of God, the mercy of God, the will of God. And in the name of Jesus, I will not hide my testimony. And when they ask me who gives me the right, I will tell them, Jesus who saved me gives me the right. In Jesus' name. Now I want you all that are here, this is how we're going to wrap up. When I say one, this is going to sound, it's going to be awkward, awkward. I'm gonna, if you can physically do it, if you can't, no worries. If you can squat, I'm gonna need you to squat when I tell you squat. Then when I say one, I want you to stand up. That's the ending of paralysis. So when I say one, I want you to stand up. By the way, if all hell has recently attempted to paralyze you forever, you need to jump up really high, man. You need to you just show the enemy, aha, gotcha, you're wrong. Here it is. Once again, God proves you wrong. So when I say, you're going to squat in the beginning. When I say one, you're going to jump up. Here it is. When I say two, you're going to pick up your mat. When I say three, you're going to take a step and start walking. There it is. Suddenly. And when you start walking, give God the best praise you've given him in 2018. So here we go. Ask your neighbor, give me some room, man. I got to squat.
If you've never been through anything, this is not for you. But if you've been through something and you survive by the grace of God and here you are, this is for you. So here we go, ready, squat! Work those calves, baby. Work those calves. Work it, work those calves. Ready, one! Woo! Yeah! Ready, two! Pick up your mat. Don't leave it behind. And tell your neighbor, I don't live there anymore. One, two, three, start walking. Give God your best shout of praise. Come on, shout, give him your best praise. 